Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I'm not only extraordinarily pleased, but I'm very excited to have James Gellert. James is the chairman and CEO of Rapid Ratings. Rapid Ratings is one of the most innovative companies uh, around, frankly, I think. They have developed a tool and service around financial health ratings for third parties, for supply chains, for really anyone that is uh, a part of your uh, organization, whether that be a contracted party, whether that be a business partner, whether that be a joint venture partner or a transaction partner. And he and his company have brought something, uh, I think, to the uh, greater compliance world that is going to be a true innovator going forward. So, James, with that introduction, first of all, let me uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to come on and visit with me today. Oh, Tom, you're very welcome. Thank you for the kind words and always enjoy speaking to you. I don't think I can even improve on your introduction. It was perfect. Thank you. So first of all, James, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what Rapid Ratings is and uh, what you guys do? Sure. So we are a quantitative company uh, that's uh, analytics-based, meaning uh, we're employing technology to be able to solve some pretty old problems. And uh, that innovation is to be able to look deeper and deeper into what we call the financial health of companies. And those companies are public and private companies from anywhere in the world, from any industry. And we've developed a system that allows us to evaluate those companies on an apples to apples basis. And what we look at in those companies is by taking their financial statements and comparing those financial statements to now 12 million company years worth of historical financial data across industries and around the world. We're able to determine what the financial health is of those businesses. And the financial health takes into account a wide variety of elements of a company, how efficiently it's performing against its global peers, how uh, what its short-term default probabilities look like. And so we're really looking at both long and short-term elements within that company um, and giving people the ability to uh, have insight and transparency into those companies to make better business decisions. So, James, I was wondering if you might be able to detail, uh, give us a little more detail about what is a financial health rating. Sure. So the, the financial health rating it builds on a, uh, it's really a two-part process. So the first part uh, looks at what we call a core health score of a company. We take in uh, financial statements, public and private, as I mentioned, and the system calculates 62 ratios that are all looking at different elements of how well that company performs and how efficiently it, uh, it operates, what kinds of profitability it can, it can generate based on its asset base and its equity, what's the return on capital employed for the company, what kinds of, um, what kinds of efficiencies in its cost structure exist, things like that. That score looks out two to three years. Then we look at the what we call resiliency indicators, which are 11 additional elements that take the core health score and examine how that company looks over the next 12 months from a default perspective. So you can imagine a company that is really quite strong for the medium to long term, but has short-term problems. Those problems could be liquidity or leveraging problems. 
And those problems will make the shorter-term prospects for that company much riskier. Likewise, you can see a company that long-term is relatively weak, but has very good leveraging profile, a lot of liquidity, and so the short-term prospects for that company are fine. The combination of these two elements give our clients the opportunity to make different kinds of decisions. Short-term decisions, long-term decisions, decisions on which companies, depending on their criticality, should be monitored more often, which ones should have other elements around those companies monitored more and more frequently, elements like what their cybersecurity risks are, what their uh, AML risks are, whether their delivery uh, timing and quality of product delivery is, uh, is solid and likely to remain solid or not. All of these are part of dynamic um, risk management processes that the FHR and the core health score, but the financial health system overall enable. And that's really what we're trying to do is to make people more efficient, make them have more scale, more analytical rigor, and do it in a way that brings a more consistent risk management process across organizations. So James, one of the things that uh, struck me when I first um, uh, came upon Rapid Ratings and did some research into your company is that uh, I think most of my listeners would understand how a financial health uh, rating could assist in uh, underwriting in an investment strategy, but you guys really take this a step further and I think several steps further. And you actually, uh, you can have this uh, financial health rating help companies both in supplier risk, supply chain risk, and third party risk. I was wondering if you might explain how uh, that innovative step uh, uh, moves forward. Sure, so there, there, are, two, there are two parts to that uh, as well. One is that we are, are able to rate private companies on the same basis as public companies. And the private companies are a consistent challenge for businesses, regardless of whether they're underwriting, but more so when you get into areas where financial disclosure is less common and historically really hasn't happened, like supply chain risk management, like third-party risk management, and so forth. I would say between 75 and 80% of companies third-party groups or supply chain groups are private companies. So that means the vast majority of counterparties that one is working with are ones that historically have not disclosed financial statements. So on one, uh, on one side of this, we have created technology and process as well as human touch to assist companies in the relationship management with the private third parties they work with in order to help the disclosure and the transparency of the financial statements from those private companies on behalf of our clients. And then they go through the system and all of the analytics are performed and the ratings and uh, reports are generated and so forth. So that's one from a very, very practical standpoint, we're helping people. And whether you consider that innovative or, or technology-based, it is, but it's really solving a very, very basic problem. And that's that historically in the relationship management, there's been this gap, which has been financial statement disclosure. Um, and we're really helping private companies understand that there's a commercial value to providing that transparency. The other piece, Tom, is that the combination of the core health score looking out two to three years and the financial health rating looking out one year, that gives users of, this, uh, of these analytics the ability to make decisions on one hand to avoid working with companies that are of imminent risk of failure, but more importantly, 
is probably helping companies to design and construct the most powerful and resilient ecosystem of third parties they possibly can. In supply chain and third-party risk, companies don't want to change suppliers once they've found one or onboarded. Or when they are onboarding and looking through a procurement process, they want to find the strongest ones, the ones that can grow with them over time, not just avoid the ones that may fail in the short term. And we're, we're materially helping the clients of ours to design their third-party groups to have the most flexibility the most nimbleness and the ability to grow with them over time, which not only eliminates short-term disruptions, but it reduces reputation risk, it reduces business interruption risk and revenue risk and all of the different elements that come from having a, uh, a group of suppliers that may not be able to grow over the long term. So you said a couple of things I'd like to, to pick up on, James. First of all, you said that it's a technology, a process, and a human touch. And what struck me there is this is not simply a technological solution. This is a service solution as well. And it requires a, um, a uh, ex uh, if not expertise, certainly taking a look at and working with your third parties. And that really leads me to one of the things that I've heard uh, you guys talk about, which is the financial dialogue that can facilitate transparency between a company and its supply chain. Could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I guess I, I think about us as being a tech-enabled uh, service. And that's a good way to, to, I think, describe the marriage of the human touch with the technology. Because we've put a lot of time and a lot of money into uh, creating a technology platform for our clients to use, which not only lets them initiate the private, um, the private outreach and the ratings process, but also gives them visibility into that process as it progresses um, over, you know, over X period of time of our collecting the financials and bringing them in. The human touch really comes from understanding that the private company itself is doing something that is not second nature to them. That's opening up the kimono, if you will. It's disclosing information that historically has been very closely protected and explaining to them that it's being done in a way uh, that is maintaining the confidentiality of that data, maintaining the confidentiality of the rating and the, and the financial statements themselves but doing it in a way that helps them with their business with the client. And the financial dialogue is a name that we use for what we're enabling. We have a report designed specifically to, uh, to enhance that, which lays out from the analytical process and all of the 73 different ratio elements that we're looking at for a company. And it spells out for our client, what are the top questions that they should ask? to understand and engage the third party, the supplier, in a conversation, in a dialogue about how they're doing, how their finances are changing over time, how they look relative to peers. Not as a way to threaten them, but as a way to enhance the relationship and discuss with them how they're doing and how they can do, potentially even do more together. And what we're finding is that our clients are embedding this financial dialogue and the reporting around it into their supplier reviews and into their RFX processes and into the continuous monitoring that they do of those third parties as a way of being able to um, 
to create a foundation that's consistent and is replicable each quarter or each half year or year that they sit down with those suppliers to give them a framework and the questions that allow them to understand the, uh, the financial analysis, even if they're not financially trained. And one of the, the trends that we're really seeing over the last couple of years, and we think will be big uh, and continue to be big in 2018, is a marriage between, say, a procurement department, a supply chain risk department, a risk department, and a compliance department, where being able to talk from uh, the same, use the same playbook, the same financial dialogue, to use the same language of risk, and be able to share that across all of those areas is a great marriage of the needs in each one of those areas as they are converging what they do historically into a more holistic and enterprise risk management process. And those are some of the things that really get us excited about how we're innovating and creating positive change. Let me see if I can maybe uh, put that in a different uh, way, because what I heard was certainly that the uh, financial health rating and the dialogue um, facilitate a review of risk and help a company understand the risks that uh, its uh, transaction partners, supply chain partners, and business venture partners may may bring to a particular project assignment or, or even a relationship. But James, what I heard there was that through this ongoing dialogue, through a quarterly, semi-annual, annual review, and beginning to have some um, history of data that you could use literally in a holistic manner, you can move to much greater efficiencies and at the end of the day, greater profitability um, by having these dialogues. And I think I think you said that's very exciting, and I certainly find that to be very exciting as well. Yeah, yeah it's really both of those things. It's being able to facilitate more business and being able to have a consistent way of managing the risk that comes with that business. And if you if you think about some of the global trends that are also occurring, we've got more globalization of companies, more mergers and acquisitions. We've got growth of businesses, uh, at, given the, the positive economic um, cycle that we've been in. And so risk management is becoming more complicated. It's also becoming more important. So being able to provide into that a consistent, replicable, scalable, and analytically rigorous process, that's really fantastic. That's a, that's a great value, a combination of value adds to be able to bring to our clients. And we're seeing this, this desire by companies to want to create more linkage uh, across the business functions and the risk management areas in a way that creates this common language. And we think that that is both saving companies money because you don't have to have one risk product here and another risk product there and someone doing it manually somewhere else, but being able to actually bring companies uh, business units together to be talking from uh, talking with the same language. We think that's really key, uh, and being able to do that in a way that allows for global assessment of counterparties, regardless of industry, regardless of whether they're public or private, just gives the most scale possible. And uh, so we think all of those things are really exciting. James, anytime I hear any anyone say anything about being able to cut across silos, I immediately think that's something corporations need to have more of. Uh, kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's a it's a pro- it's a longstanding problem for companies, but we see it. We we see the erosion or the breaking down of those silos, 
And uh, sometimes it's led from one part of a company and another company it's led from somewhere else. But over time, uh, we do see a, um, a convergence of these different risk control areas that historically have been in different parts of a company or siloed. And uh, we think the more efficiency that can come to that broader risk management, uh, the, the, ultimately, the more people benefit. And one of the things that we, that we discovered over this past year through analysis of our data and our clients' data is a connection between financial health and the high-risk companies uh, by, financial health, uh, by the financial health ratings, and the connection correlation between those and problems that they are, uh, that they are demonstrating in other areas. For instance, high-risk companies have a two times greater likelihood of delivering faulty product and have a two and a half times greater likelihood of delivering product late. So you mentioned uh, the connection to profitability a couple of moments ago, and this is a great connection between doing risk assessment of suppliers, understanding which ones are riskier, and in that process, being able to reduce the amount of uh, of late delivery and quality control problems, which ultimately get to how much inventory a company has to maintain, which goes to how they're deploying their cash. So when you think about the efficiencies that can be gained in other parts of the company that historically have been evaluated by other areas than finance or supply chain or procurement, and the fact that understanding those risks can actually create significant positive uh, cash management and efficiencies and uh, inventory management. Uh, that's what we're talking about, about breaking down these silos and having uh, and having technology be able to create more efficiency across business lines. Well, James, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. Uh, I've been visiting with uh, James Gellert, the chairman and CEO of Rapid Ratings, a, a true innovator, I think, in uh, the area of financial health uh, risk rate, rating and ranking. And uh, I think it's going to move to uh, much more innovation uh, in the coming years. So James, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. And I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. Tom, thank you very much. I always enjoy it. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.